Welcome to the Senia Happy Hour Podcast with your host, Lori Bull. We know you're busy, so we bring you one hour's worth of content in under 30 minutes, leaving you time for a true happy hour. Hey, listeners. I am so excited to bring you today's podcast. It's with Nicole Demos, who is one of our Senia Europe board members, and she's just like, she's just awesome. Our talk today goes beyond 30 minutes, so I just want to give you that warning now, but it's not actually a warning because I think the conversation is quite rich and deep, and Nicole has so much to share about her life as a disabled individual. She's also a third culture kid herself with over 30 years experience in the U.S. and overseas. So she's got tons to share and I just want to get right into it. So on to the show. Hi, Nicole, and welcome to the podcast. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to be here. Uh, Well, you are a Senya star and we will talk about that later, but um, just so happy to have you. Happy to be here. (laughs) So today we're going to follow up to that incredible podcast that you did with Kath Brew recently. And let me just explain this to the the listeners. So Kath's podcast is called Drawn to a Deeper Story, and it's it's truly phenomenal. And well, Kath is phenomenal. So no surprise there. Uh, Well, I've added this podcast to our show notes, and I'd recommend that anyone who's listening to this podcast pops off of here, listens to that podcast, and then comes back here so you can learn more from Nicole about not dissing your disability. It's a great title, isn't it? Yes, it is. So Nicole, just in case we have some listeners on here who didn't get get that opportunity to listen to your interview with Kath, Mm -hmm. can you briefly describe your background and when you decided to identify yourself as disabled? Okay, sure. Um, I'm a third culture kid, which is a a big part of who I am and and where I fit into everything in the world. Um, I was born with cerebral palsy, so I've always been disabled. Um, I grew up, however, in Athens, Greece. My father was is of Greek descent and my mother's from the Netherlands. So there's a little bit of internationalism in my background. Um, I was fortunate to go to the same school from kindergarten to grade 12. They allowed me to enter on scholarship and then they made accommodations. But all through that period, I never thought of myself as disabled. I tried desperately hard to fit in with my classmates, desperately hard to just be someone that I wasn't. And so that sort of carried me along through university and fighting for my first job. And it was only just recently that I said, you know what, I'm disabled and being disabled is okay. So this is my time to just speak out and fight for myself and for those people that just don't have the strength or the energy or the know-how. It's, and so I think what inspired Kat when, Kath, sorry, when we first met was the fact that I, I use disabled as part of my pronoun. And right, I think yes. she was intrigued by that. And so that started the conversation. And so this is me, you know, it's taken me 50 some odd years to say it loudly and proudly and as part of who I am, but that's not all of me. And I think that that's a, an area of struggle for many people and maybe sometimes still for me, but 
sure. it's kind of it's kind of the way things have happened. Um, you know, I'm in a wheelchair. Um, I now currently use an electric wheelchair for the majority of my day. I used to be somewhat mobile in my younger years. So as I've learned to sort of embrace this next chapter of my life where I really need more people to support me, um, it's okay. It still feels a bit strange at times, mm -hmm. but I know that, again, I'm going to repeat myself. It's okay. It's, it's, it needs to happen so that I can be the best that I can be um, on a daily basis. And I'm fortunate to live in Finland where these types of uh, programs and resources and people are available. The support system is there. So I'm very, very lucky. So that sort of contributed to my being able to, I don't want to say the word come out, but I, yeah, identify. Yeah, yeah identify. Mm -hmm. So, so we, can you just briefly explain why you think that you didn't identify as disabled when you were younger? Yeah, I think it was because I just so wanted to be like everyone else. I didn't mm -hmm. see anyone else like me at my school. You know, within the community where I lived in Greece, you did not see disabled people. They locked oh. them up in mental institutions. That was the that was the norm. Mm -hmm. Granted, this was 1970. I would want to say that it's changed, but it's people's lack of awareness and education and what should happen. Um, mm -hmm. And, you know, simultaneously, so I had that fear maybe somehow hidden in within me and my parents were um were so super supportive and super advocating for me and they chose to stay in greece where there were no services for again children like me um to the demise of our family in the united states there was like no bring nicole here and she can go to a special school Mm -hmm. And my father, who was an educator, was like, no, there's nothing wrong with my daughter. She needs to be in a regular classroom and whatever support she needs, then you'll get it. So I kind of got a bit of both. But I think in my mind, I was like, well, I want to be like everyone else. I want to run. I want to I want to do P.E. I want to yeah. play with my friends. And so I think it was an internal battle for so long. Right. You know, and then. Then I got on this kick of like, oh, well, I'm special. Well, yeah, but I wasn't using special in the right term. And I, like I said, I didn't have any role models. I didn't have any examples. We did the best that we could. So when I finally did go to the United States for university, I was like, okay, everything's going to be accessible. Everything's going to be great. My disability is not going to be an issue. I'm going to drive a car and I'm going to get a job and I'm going to do all those things that I couldn't do in Greece because the infrastructure was there, wasn't there. Mm. And then suddenly I got to the US, I got to university and I was hit with, I can't get into this building or I can't drive a normal car or I can't get any help because I don't understand what I need, but there's nobody there to guide me. You know, my parents are still living in Greece they're doing the best that they can. You know, my family in the United States is busy with their own lives. So again, it was that that battle, yeah. right? It was that, okay, you know what? Suck it up, Nicole. You know, put that stiff upper lip up. 
you've got that resilience, you've got mm -hmm. that Mediterranean, you know, just, just go for it. You know, your mom and dad will support you. They'll be your safety net, which they were, and they are. Um, but I didn't, I didn't realize yeah. I, I just was like, okay, I'm going to do whatever it takes to be normal. That was my word. I'm going to be normal, normal, mm -hmm. normal you know, I'm, I'm your word resilience uh, stiff upper lip that really resonates with me because when we watch, we watch news stories or things where they're celebrating what a individual with a disability has done. It's always, it's always that individual had so much resilience, you know, they, they push through, they, you know, and it just makes me wonder why, why, <laughs> Why do yeah. we have a system set up where they have to have that resilience? You know, it's just constant work instead yeah. of, yeah. Mm. And I, and I think that's, that's the hardest, you know, thing for me to kind of deal with. I'm, I'm tired of working so hard, Yeah. you know, I'm yeah. tired of working. I'm tired for having to prove myself time and time again you know, 10 times over, see me, hear me, look at me for who I am. It's more than just the person being in the chair, you know? Yeah. yeah. And, and now I think it's time. I mean, okay, it might've been time earlier, but this is my time. And if I can serve as a mouthpiece, even for myself and say, you know, let's do something, let's, let's change, let's include, let's, let's just, try and if we fail that's fine but it gives us the impetus to keep trying again yeah. you know so in many ways when i look back i'm i'm grateful for maybe not wanting to be disabled in the mm -hmm. sense because it it gave me a different drive but then reality suddenly reared its ugly head and then it was like ooh right okay you know and that was one of the reasons i chose to become an international school teacher because I didn't, I, somebody gave me a chance, right? It's that chance. Yeah. Somebody looked at me for my qualifications, my interests, my, my personality, my drive, my education and said, you know what? We want you, we want you for you and we will do whatever we need, even if you don't know what that is right now. And that's what happened. You know, um, yeah. I may somebody not gave have you gotten, a chance. yeah, I may not have gotten that chance if I had stayed in North America. Right. Sadly. Yeah. You know, unbelievable actually. So, well, you know, well, and, and the audience, most of the audience probably knows that I'm a parent of a son with profound autism. Mm -hmm. And there's been just so many times where I've felt that society has let him and they've let us down. And like yeah. you said, you know, like I'm tired. It's, you know, it's, it's that tired of just constantly having to advocate for and fight for what, my son deserves. And, exactly. um, and I, in, I feel like society's kind of let us down through either negative interactions with people, judgmental looks, mm -hmm. uh, comments, it, or just the system and how it's really not set up for individuals with a disability. It's not set up at all. So what, what are some frustrations you've felt throughout your life? I think, I think for me, it's, it's the, it's the lack of connection with people because they either don't know how to act around you. They don't know how to, what to say, the judgment, the prejudgment, 
-hmm. If I'm with someone, they'll address them before they address me. Oh, that, that happens all the time. Mm -hmm. I know, right? There's, ask I, him. I have a voice. You know, ask him or ask me. If I don't want to answer, I won't answer. Right. You know? Now, you know, some people have said, well, do you mind if people ask you questions? And I'm like, no. I know that some disabled people do, and that's their right, right? But for me, I would rather you ask me 10 questions if you walk away with a better understanding of where I'm coming from at that present moment. Right. Um, so I think that that's, that was one of my, that's always been my frustration, still is my frustration, but now I have a personal assistant that accompanies me to school. They address her sometimes, or they dis, uh, disregard her and address me. And I'm like, well, there's two of us now. Right. <laughs> right. So you address us both equally because mm -hmm. if it wasn't for this person, I wouldn't be here right now. Right. Right. Um, it's so that, that, that shadow. We don't right. address shadows. Right. <laughs> I get so it. Yeah. That whole thing like, oh, well, you want to do X, lesson X, but the room's not accessible for you to get into. Well, you know what? If you wanted me to do this, you would make the room accessible. Mm -hmm. You know, if you wanted me to join you in your outing, you, I wouldn't have to call the restaurant in advance to find out where's the net bathroom. Are there stairs? Can I get in the assumption of a ramp? Unless you're sitting in this wheelchair, whether it's a manual or an electric wheelchair, you won't know. But why yeah. do I have to fight even before I get in the door or then say, sorry, Lori, I can't join you because guess what? Yeah, it's not accessible. Not yep. accessible. I know that some countries in the world don't have a lot of accessibility avenues to, to make things work. And I appreciate that. And I know that. I'm, but I'm talking about places in, you know, Europe and North America that that have laws that say, you know what? what is it the IDA or whatever mm -hmm. but it's still not accessible it's unacceptable it's 2022 yeah but well sometimes they have that. ramps but the ramps are so steep that someone may not have the arm strength to get up yeah. that ramp without support exactly I mean just yeah so it's the lack of accessibility just the constant having to you know prove myself not being not being treated as a human being. I mean, at the end of it all, if you strip it away, I'm a human being and I have feelings and I have wants and I have needs and I want to belong and I want to be helpful and I want to be friendly. Mm -hmm. But if you just look at me from the perspective of, oh, we're not going to deal with you because you're a waste of time or you're wasting my time. Yeah. That's, that's the biggest. And I want to be naive and say, God, I wish it would go away. But until we educate people about how important it is to be kind and to treat people with respect and give them what they deserve, it's not going to change. It's not. No. You know. Yeah, I get. I get the when. What's frustrating for me a lot of the times is when I'm in a room and people start talking to me about what my son has done, and he's. <laughs> in the room with me right, right. and it's you know generally a negative thing um and and in their eyes and so i always have to say can we go to a separate room he doesn't like to be talked about you know in front of him right so and it's just that that disregard that that this person although he doesn't have the verbal language to express it 
that he doesn't have that he doesn't have he feelings. Feels. He feels right. Of yeah. In fact, I'm sure he probably feels more than us. Right. You know, to compensate for the fact that he has no words. Mm -hmm. And why can't you start a conversation with a positive rather than a negative? Right. Just right. I'm sure that you must be feeling like enough with the negative. Tell me something good. Right. You know? <laughs> Tell me something good. I already you know. know he does all these things. That's right. that's not new to me. Right. Yeah, <laughs> so, yeah but I'm getting off the topic of you, which that's is that's okay. <laughs> <laughs> so now how do you cope with disappointment now that you've embraced your disability identity? That's still a tough one, you know, sure. um, cause I, I know outside of my disability, how educated I am, how qualified I am, how engaging and supportive I am yet when it's when it has to do with a job or it has to do with something outside of, I don't know, it, 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 it hurts still because yeah. I'm not given that chance. You know, when, when words are said like, Oh, you don't have experience or, Oh, I'm like, have you seen my resume? Like, right. I didn't start being a special education person, you know, just yesterday, you know, yeah. there's a track record here. Um, that so how do i deal with disappointment i'm very emotional as if you couldn't tell <laughs> i do i do the tears come um i'm learning very hard to 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 not let them show Aww. in front of other people and i don't know why i feel like that's a reflection maybe because i've been told well you're too emotional mm. well i'm sorry in my job as a learning support teacher, I am going to be emotional because I can advocate for my students till, till some, you know, till doomsday for lack of a better word, but I can't advocate for myself. Mm. And that's still what I'm trying really hard to learn, but I don't know if I can fully change my personality. I feel, no. I feel with my heart. I'm a Mediterranean. I, you know, <sighs> you look at me the wrong way. I'm going to cry. And if I'm not going to cry, I'm going to scream. So either, <laughs> I, don't, I don't know which one is better. So, you know, I'm fortunate that, you know, my mother is, is still alive. You know, my biggest cheerleader is watching me from above and he, he fought for me. And if he could see what I'm doing now, I think he would be so proud. Yeah. But, you know, I have good, solid friends. I've made new friends and new connections who support me beyond belief, and I've never met them in person. Mm -hmm. So yeah. I, I, I take that. I take that as a glorious gift, and I say, okay, I'm lucky, you know. And if I can, I can just give back, just like a little, even a little smidge to someone else. So I'm getting emotional. See, I'm glad. Um, no, you should have you know, feelings and you should feel. And you know, that's, anyone, that's, uh. that's what it means right now. And I think the biggest lesson that I've learned is it's okay to sit with my feelings. I, if I need to cry, I'm going to cry. If I need to scream, I need to scream. If I need to go and meditate, then I'm going to go meditate. If I need to, mm -hmm. you know, if I need to practice self-care, I'm going to do that. And if it's offensive to someone else, then you don't need to be a part of it. You know, if that means that my friendship circle gets smaller, 
you know, yeah. disappointment is hard. It doesn't go away no matter how old you are, no matter what you're doing. Um, it'll always be a struggle because yeah, of course it's, it's, it's human nature to be disappointed and I'm trying to learn how to deal with it in a more powerful, productive way. And I think maybe this is a platform for me to deal with it is to take all that disappointment and be like, you know what? I don't want a little girl sitting in a wheelchair somewhere else having to go through what I went through. If she can take something from hearing me or, or seeing me or learning about inclusivity and what it means to treat people kindly and fairly, then that, then that's a, that's, that's wonderful. That's a start. Would it be fair to say that when you do experience disappointment, you might come at it through the lens of uh, this is be due to my disability that this is happening? Could be. Yeah. yeah. And I, I mean, there's no judgment there. That's just no, I, but I mean, your identity, yeah. right? right? And so, right. right. Yeah. And I think, and, you know, maybe in some level, going back to that whole issue of tired of fighting, I'm tired of disappointment. Mm -hmm. So when somebody else who doesn't really know me says, wow, we really want you to be part of like, really be part of Senya or, you know, can you help me with this? Or can you do this? I'm like, oh, yeah, of course. Like, thank you. You're giving me a chance. You don't even know me, but there's no judgment there. There's just a genuine, like, we want to hear from you. And, and that sometimes takes me aback. Like, Mm -hmm. you know, these are people that don't know me, but how warm and wonderful it feels because I feel like I belong to something. Yes. feel like I'm part of, 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 yeah, just, it feels really good. And so then I, then you get to see, well, well, why can't everybody see that? I mean, I'm not saying that I deserve everything, but why can't there at least be, yeah some sort of acknowledgement or like, you know, so that's why I'm just really, really focusing on the, the, the adventures and the tasks that, that bring me joy. Right. You know, outside of teaching. Well, and I think you, you, your voice is, is so essential. I, you know, there's that whole phrase of nothing about us without us, um, that, you know, <laughs> How can, how can technically we be advocating for individuals with disabilities when none of us have disability, you know, we might have children with disabilities or we teach children with disabilities. And I think that's so important that we know that we are their advocates, but to have your voice and people with indiv individuals with disabilities voices, um, we have to, we have to hear them. Otherwise we're, we may be advocating for the wrong things. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. I mean, everybody, everyone's situation is different. You know, mm -hmm. everyone has their own obstacles that they have to face. We all have our own stories and, mm -hmm. and find ways to tell them. And it's important that we tell them and it's important that we give hope to others around the world that, that, you know, maybe for cultural reasons, can't say anything, or mm -hmm. maybe they don't have the technology or whatever. It's, it's, it's so important. And yeah. that's why I'm so grateful. So good. Well, like all of us, you know, like all of us, we've had times in our life, we wish we could go back, do it all again, right? Um, have a better response to a situation where somebody treated us poorly, um, whatever, have a witty comment, 
<laughs> in response, uh, you know, I've gone back and had co- many conversations where I'm like, I should have said this. Oh, if right? only I would have, yeah. right? <laughs> Do you have any of those moments? Oh yeah. Tons. Tons. I mean, I, I'm sure I could probably list them all and we'd be here all night. Not that I want to do that. But I think, I think the biggest takeaway from that is, is that's okay to have those moments of reflection and go, I should have, you know, why wasn't I brave enough? Right. Why didn't I say what I should have said? Or why didn't I just speak up even if I didn't know what to say, but just at least voice a, Oh, I'm not sure. Mm-hmm. Or, Oh no. You know? And so I think, I think that's why maybe I'm, I'm more, energetic now than I ever was before because enough's enough. (laughs) Enough is enough. Enough is enough. You know, know. just the other day. So I play on a softball team and, and I don't know the people that I'm playing with and a man, we're really bad. Like the team is terrible. (laughs) I'm sure you're not. (laughs) Oh, I didn't say I was. No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) (laughs) The team for you, there would be any team, right? (laughs) The team is terrible. Um, but one man, uh, he was joking and he said, gosh, I feel like we're that special ed class where everyone, all the others in the school feel sorry for us. And I sat with that for a moment and I was just like, oh, this is not okay. You know? So, and I don't know him and I just had to say, you know, can you think of a different analogy? Like I have a child with special right. needs, this type of comment is very hurtful and disrespectful what was reaction. He, he was, he very much apologized and just said, I'm sorry. I was just trying to be funny. And I said, yeah, yeah, I get that. I just said, it's just not funny. No, it's not funny. Um, yeah. But that type of interaction for me is so hard. You know, I'm a, I'm a staunch advocate for my students, but it's really hard when you're in a social situation or whatever, to just be like, you know, I mean, the, the word, the R word, like oh, I, I will automatically say like, no, we don't say that word. Like yeah. I say yeah. that just anytime some, I hear it, it's like, no, that word's not okay. But in these other situations, you know, mm-hmm. what the joke always was the short bus. Do you know that? Yeah. Joke? Yeah. I've heard that. Yeah. Yeah. I, you I'm know, sorry. We don't have that where I come from. Yeah. So you know, like, something like that. Yeah. It's not a funny joke. Yeah. So, um, and it, it always just shocks me that people, it's such like, um, it's such basic humor, right? Yeah. Like, can't you be funnier than that? Can't you be a little more, <laughs> intel- and, and use more of your people, intelligence to come up with a right, funny and joke? I don't know if the people that hear it are stunned at that remark and feel like they are compelled to laugh because everyone yeah. else is laughing or they're like so ignorant to the fact that that's hurtful. Right. Just, but yeah, it goes back to that whole thing. We have to educate our society about what that is and how hurtful that is. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) So in answer to your question, yes, I wish I could do a lot of things over, but maybe the fact that I did them the way I did just helped somewhere within me, just like build that, that, fire. Um, one of my, one of my favorite, um, songs actually that I shared with Kath was, I don't know if you've heard of the group, the script. Oh yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, their superhero song. I don't know if Mm -hmm. you've heard of it, but Mm -hmm. I have fire in my soul 
that's yeah. that's what I'm feeling now. Of you course, that's gonna be girl. that's gonna be my next tattoo. So yeah, I've got that's a lot awesome. of tattoos, but but you know that's that's what I'm feeling. So I'm gonna I'm gonna stick with it. I'm gonna bring people along for the ride. You know, I love it. Fire in my fire, soul. Fire's not gonna burn out. You talked about I'm earlier. You talked about um, not having anyone who was like you in your school. Yeah. Um, or growing up. So I'm curious about role models. Did you have anyone to inspire you growing I, up? I remember my father talking um, about a book that he was given about a young girl that had cerebral palsy and the book was titled Karen. It was about a young girl in the late 1960s. I don't, I wanna say Karen Kilaleo was her name and she had cerebral palsy. And my, my father said, that when he read that book, he knew instantly that that book was talking about me. Mm. Like he could, he made connections to some of the things that he had read. I don't want to, I don't want to say that she was my role model, but that was the only mention that I had. I mean, I didn't have any library books that I could check out that talked about, you know, mm -hmm. kids in wheelchairs or anything like that. Um, I want to say that I thought my father was a role model because he was my biggest cheerleader. Um, but outside of, you know, those two people, I didn't, I didn't have anything else. I mean, I didn't watch any TV shows that, that highlighted the strengths and the challenges of somebody with a disability. Mm -hmm. I didn't know until later on in life about special Olympics, which is a wonderful program you know, all these things. And, and, you know, maybe some of that was because I wasn't living in North America, you know, right. and I was living in Greece, but still, so now I'm finding out that I'm, you know, meeting and, and learning about all these wonderful, powerful men and women who are just, you know, advocating for themselves. People like Judith human, like, I didn't even know, you know, her story and, and, the movie Crip Camp. I don't know if you saw the documentary, which just opened my eyes beyond belief. I was like, why didn't I know, you know, that, that kind of feeling, it was just amazing. Um, people like Emily Ladau, her book on demystifying disability, just amazing, amazing, powerful people who are just saying, you know what, it's okay to be like us. So I think most of my role models now are coming later on in life. Mm -hmm. um, and I'm so happy, but I wish, you know, I wish I had known that, that there were people out there who were struggling just like me. You know, I wish I didn't have to walk down a street and get spit at when I was on crutches and being told, how dare my parents let me out of the house? Oh. You know, it's, it's things like that that still stick in my head. So what was my response? I was not very nice to that elderly lady. Right. But she didn't speak to me like that again, no. but it caused me more hurt than it did her. Yeah. So was, you're now, you're now <laughs> reflecting on yourself and your right. reaction rather than the totally inappropriate. Right. I was proud of myself. I went to the supermarket by myself. Yes. It was 500 meters walk away from home, but I did it by myself and I yeah. put the groceries in my backpack. Like yeah. that was like huge for me, you know, for somebody else, maybe not, but yet here again, I was like, oh, she spit at me. You know, here's an oh. elderly woman who literally, oh, anyway. 
but yes, I think, you know, that I think, so like I said, my role models came later on in life and I hope that I'll find more. I'm sure there's more, but it's well, just... there's more, but uh, I hope, you know, you're a role model. Well, thank you. Do you consider yourself a role model? Not yet. Not yet. Not yet. Well, you are how to many a, of us. How about a role model in the making? Okay, fair. <laughs> fair. That's all, that's all I can handle right now, but I thank you. <laughs> <laughs> I I still have a I still have a long way to go and a long a lot to learn. Um but I appreciate that. Well, I think all role models have a long way to go <laughs> and a lot to learn. And you know, you you are a board member of Senya Europe, um, and you're also a frequent contributor to our newsletter because you uh, you read an awful lot. You I do. Are I a, love to read. Yeah, you're a reader, and you give us um, so many uh, articles about the for the, under the title of what we are reading. Um, and yeah, I mean, you are constantly learning, but you're sharing what you're learning, and and that makes you a role model, sharing about your story, sharing about others' stories. So you may be in the making, but aren't they all, right? <laughs> okay, I'll take that. <laughs> I'll learn to just, take it. <laughs> just pat yourself on the back. <laughs> I can. Um, so you are a board member of Senia Europe. And we are so thankful for all your contributions. How'd you, how'd you get involved with Senya and what, what does Senya mean to you? Um, for me, it just brings about that feeling of belonging and knowing that you're fighting for a common goal, which is to be inclusive, to educate, to make people aware of, of, of everything that should be a, you know, a right to everyone regardless. And I think it came at a time in my life, of course, it was during COVID, so that wasn't very, you know, everyone was struggling for a variety of ways, but I had applied for a couple of internal positions um, and I didn't get them. And I was feeling really just down on myself. Mm -hmm. And I really wanted to find something that would give me purpose. And I saw something on Facebook or somebody shared something about Senya and I looked into it, you know, I, I went on the website international website. I, I, I looked at articles and past things, and then I somehow connected with April, April Renfrey. Mm -hmm. And then when the notice came that they were looking for uh, members to be part of the Europe board, I thought, yeah, why not? Let me just, let me give it a go. I've got nothing to lose. Right. You know, just do it you know, and it, it gave me focus. I was like, okay, you know, what am I going to say? How am I going to interact? What am I going to do? And then it was funny because when she told me that, you know, we'd love to have you on board, I was like, are, are, are you serious? Like, <laughs> yeah, like I, like I doubted myself. <laughs> yeah. But yet from that, I was like, okay, this is, this is what I wish would have been around for me when I was, when I was a student. You know, when I was struggling, when I fought to get that five extra minutes so that I wouldn't be late to class, but I had to leave the other class early, you know, yeah. When, yeah. So I think mm -hmm. for me, Senya has just opened doors and just 
brought a common vision. It just, it warms my heart. And I'm so grateful to you and everyone else that just had the, 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 the impetus to just start something that is just amazing. And it's not, it's not to sound, you know, this is genuine. I mean, yeah. th this is, this is what's needed. So well, to, to be clear, I didn't start it. <laughs> well, no, but you... I, I joined about uh, nine years into it. So, but, but yeah, still, but, you I know, mean, we're 20 now. So I know, crazy. but I bet like you were part of, you were part of the early vision, Yeah, you know, and other people that just said, you know what, enough's enough. Going back to that phrase, it's going to be the catchphrase yeah. of the year, right? Yeah. Enough's enough, you know? Um, and so I'm just, it, it, it brings me such joy to be able to just be part of something that is so amazing and so needed and so worthy a cause, uh, it sh but it shouldn't even be a cause. It should, should yeah. be like, a, <laughs> like, like a, a daily routine, you know, yes, like yes. just, it's, it just is so, so grateful. It just is. It's just life, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah. That's what it should be. Well, I, I uh, hear there's something very exciting coming along. Like, yes. Uh, yes. Collaboration that you're doing. Collaboration. With oh, yes. It's very exciting. Um, I have been sitting on this project since I got my first master's degree. Um, it's actually in gifted education, but of course they don't call it that. It was just education through the University of Connecticut, and we had a creativity class. And our task was to create something that we felt that we wanted to share with the world. And so I wrote my story hmm. um in the form of a children's book um it wasn't my real like there were certain parts of it that were very very real certain parts of it that had to do with what i aspired to be able to do and it was great i loved it it was very cathartic for me but i put it away put it away on the bookshelf i'd gotten one of those um i don't know what they're called but they're the, the bound books that you can get it elementary yeah. school and the kids can write in them. I'd gotten one of those. And so we had done it and I typed everything up and my friend, you know, drew some pictures and I wanted her to do them in the style of like young children. So, you know, I, I, I enjoyed it and I appreciated it. But then as I was going through this journey of identifying, you know, as being disabled and I thought, okay, you know, start presenting in certain conferences, but I thought, oh, what about my book? Let me do something about my book. And it was actually during the virtual Senya conference this past December that I listened to Kath Brew's uh, presentation. And I don't know, something was said and it just sparked that initial fire. And I thought, you know what, let me do some research. So again, I did some research, uh, looked up about what Kath was all about, looked at how she you know, talked about TCK kids and uh, marginalized people. And I thought, well, I wonder if she'd be willing to at least give me some feedback on my manuscript, you know, because I had done the whole send your manuscript to like all these publishers and gotten yeah. the standard. Thank you so much. Da, 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 da. Yeah. So I connected with April once again. And I said, do you think she'd be willing to just, you know, check yeah. it out with me. She's like, sure, give it a whirl. So I reached out to Kath and immediately um, Kath said, yeah, she's like, let's, you know, let's have a chat. And that's when the whole idea of the podcast initially came out because of my identifying as disabled. And so then through conversation, she said, I really, really like your story, what you've written here. 
you know, what are your plans? And I said, well, you know, in the ideal world, I'd love to publish it. I'd love to, you know, send it out and have it be part of, you know, international school libraries. Um, because again, it, it promotes, you know, disability in a positive light. I'm not going to give too much away about the story. And so yeah. she said, let's do it. And I was like, are you serious? <laughs> so again, that like, you know, doubting yeah. whatever. Mm -hmm. But so that's in the works. It's going to be a while. Sure. But it's, oh, it's exciting. So that's, that's the goal. Ah. So, I can't wait. And, I cannot wait. And then one of our other things is we we're focusing on publishing companies that deal with uh, stories of marginalized people. Yes. So that's, you know, and if that for some reason doesn't work, we have some other avenues, but I'm hopeful that, you know, it'll yeah. work. Um, and if again, if it spreads awareness, if it brings joy, if it brings conversation, if it brings, you know, that's what it's all about. Just to Yay. share something that, yeah. So it's going to be great. I hope so. I, I, I know, know you both. I know, I know you I know both. That... And I just know it's it's going to be phenomenal. So, wow. We're, we're, we're taking it at a pace that's, that's good for both of us so that it feels right. And I said to Kath right away, I said, this isn't my project. It's our project. And so mm -hmm. let's look at it as that. Love it. You know, that it's a collaborate, collaborative effort. And, you know, I hopefully it goes beyond friends and family that, you know, want to support to, yeah to the world. You know, it's not about, it's not about the monetary thing. If anybody's like, Oh, she's just, you know, this is about mm -hmm. just sharing a story, having a voice, hopefully giving others a voice. And I think um, most people who write books know that it's not about the money because, <laughs> because it's, <laughs> <laughs> not very likely that you know right make, and but who knows place, yeah <laughs> and this takes place in Greece which is where I grew up for most of my life so again it brings things that you know are true and yet some things that maybe are a little bit embellished but yeah it's a story and it's mine yes so and I'm 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 anxious to share it and um it I'm will be just to read it <laughs> Yeah. Well, finally, you know, as you know, Senya is all about inclusion. Uh, mm -hmm. <laughs> what tips do you have for us to educate and make others aware of inclusion? I think that most importantly is meet whoever where they're at, validate what they're feeling, meet them where they're at, be supportive, be kind, allow them to process because there's a lot that goes with everything and just be their advocate if they can't. I know that's more than one tip, but it just, it's its a package, Yeah, you know? It's yeah, you package. can't just do one thing. You can't just do one thing and it's not gonna happen when you want it. It's when that person is ready yeah. or when that family is ready or, or when those, when everything is in place, all the supports, all the resources are, are ready and, and willing to go. And honestly, in education, it's okay to not know what you have to do. That's why we're all collectively involved in something like this. You know, we're not experts. No. But if we look at it from the perspective of what's the best thing for Nicole, for Lori, for Brayden, for Joey, for Amy, everything. What's, what's the best for them right now so that mm -hmm. they can walk away from whatever setting they're in and be I'm like, oh, today was a success. Or if it wasn't a success, 
I tried and my trying was okay. Yes. I think that's the biggest, you know, lesson. If that's what I strive to do every day mm -hmm. as a teacher. That's why I, you know, I, I know, you know, I wasn't able to attend graduation this year, but I got wonderful messages from my graduating seniors who I supported for six years plus. That's what I'm going to take away. You know, that's what I'm going to print off and put in my little book. And, and, yes. and when I have those moments of doubt or those moments of disappointment, I'm going to take those out and be like, you know what? I did make a difference. I helped. If you would ask me that a couple of years ago, I'd be like, no, it's the kids. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's the kids, but it's also me and everyone else that was involved in their education. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I call that my smile file. I yeah, those same those good, I like that. I like yeah, that. just a. Uh, uh, fortunately, I lost mine. Like it was like an actual file that I carried oh, around with like me somewhere in my many moves. That <laughs> smile file disappeared, it's but um, probably in a box somewhere. Probably in a box somewhere. You're right. Well, you're now you can create an updated smile file. There you go. <laughs> right. <laughs> Yeah. But have a backup digitally and paper. Yeah. Whatever. <laughs> I'm still an advocate of paper. I know all this computer stuff. That involves a lot of executive functioning <laughs> skills. <laughs> but I don't currently have, but yeah. <laughs> Uh, well, Nicole, I mean, what a, what a great conversation. Uh, I hope you can continue to have these because you have so much Absolutely. to teach us. Be more than um, happy. Thank you for the opportunity. I, yeah, I just, my little challenge, and it's not little, but my challenge to everyone listening is to, if you're in an international school that doesn't have an inclusive mindset, either advocate for it or go out and find one because. <laughs> yeah. Or let us we, know how we can help. Yes, exactly. Right? Yeah, that's why, that's why we're here, right? We want to help and support, but um, yeah. I don't think I'll rest easy until schools all over the world are inclusive. So I think Me I have either. many, many restless nights ahead, but <laughs> we're on our way. We're, we're on, on our way. way. Every, every step or wheel yep. forward is, you know, it's, it's in the right direction. I'm going to change it to we've got fire in our Absolutely. soul. Absolutely. Okay. <laughs> Maybe I, that'll be the theme of our next <laughs> conference. <laughs> we've got we've got enough fire. <laughs> That's right. We can share the wealth of the fire. <laughs> All right. Well, you're the best and we appreciate you. Thank you, Lori. I appreciate you guys as well. Thank you for joining us for today's show. For more information, including how to subscribe and show notes, please head to our website. That's senyainternational.org slash podcasts. Until next time, cheers.